The advert comes on the telly. Humanitarian crisis in Afghanistan. Oh, you think? I, yeah, I, I ought to do something about that. The telephone number, of course, flashes up on the advert. But before you know it, the next advert's flicked on. And you think, oh, I'll come back to that later. You plan to give, but you never did. Or you're at the church prayer meeting. And it's a wonderful time. We've got one this Wednesday. Do pray that you join us for that. Um, and uh, you hear about a church mission partner who's running short on finances. I could give to that, you think. Yeah, no trouble. I, I, could, I could get behind that. But then you think, well, how, how much and how do you do it? And I wonder what others give. And so not knowing how to give or what to give, you, well, it just never really happens. You plan to give and you never did. Or you hear about someone in church, you hear about how they regularly give to the church by, by standing order, um, and you hear not only that, but they're just really proactive. They hear about a need in the church family, and they'll be on the doorstep with bags of groceries. And you think, wow, I, I'd love to do that, but where's the form? And oh, it's all, oh, That just feels awkward to me. How would I be like that? So generous, like, I mean, you thought you might like to give, I mean. But you never did. Or, or what about this? Here's a more everyday one. Uh, you discover it's Josie's birthday. And you think, well, she's not just an acquaintance. She's more than that. I'd like to give her a gift. So you come up with a budget. You work out even the shop that you might go to to get her a present. But things are busy. And in that busy week, actually, it turns out, well, Josie didn't really notice how busy things were. Maybe actually the relationship isn't that important. Well, shall I? Shall I? And so you plan to give, but in the end, you, you never did. And you wondered if you ever did at all. Well, we're thinking this morning um, from 2 Corinthians about giving. And we recognize as we start out that giving is something that Christians love to do. Our God, as we've been singing and proclaiming together today, is a generous God, a God who is given to us. He is the God of grace, the God who gives us a savior, who takes our, our mess and our shame and gives us his perfection. God's a giver. Maybe you've known something of that in, in your life, in your Christian experience. That when you first became a Christian, you were so excited. You were ready to give. Give to anything. Lord, I'm just, I'm for it. Let's go. And maybe that's you. I, I wonder whether it's still you today. And, and if that is you, well, praise God for that. That's wonderful. But I know for myself, I expect maybe it's the case for others too. Sometimes we come up with excuses, don't we? We think we're going to be generous and then, well, the reasons come. And, well, in the end, it doesn't quite happen. And I catch myself wondering then, what kind of a Christian am I? If I have that generous God and I mean to give, but then I never do, well, am I really backing the Lord? Am I backing his ministry and his work? Well, that's the backdrop in our letter uh, to Corinthians. So if you're with us for the first time here, here's the backdrop to, to what's been going on. The, the apostle Paul has been um, writing to a church that he knows very well. And when he last visited them, he told them of extreme poverty in Jerusalem. The Jerusalem churches are really struggling. And when he went to Corinth, he, he didn't ask them to give him money. He'd been sent as a missionary. He didn't ask them to give him money. In fact, he refused it from them. But he said, meet this need in Jerusalem. Why don't you make a collection for, this, for the churches of Jerusalem? And so Corinth had planned to give. But in the end, they didn't. And we don't know why. Maybe, and maybe they weren't sure how much to give. 
maybe they wanted to give a really big gift, and so they waited until they had lots to give. Or maybe it was these super apostles, these sort of phony Christians in the town. Some people have wondered whether they were raising suspicion about Paul and money. See, here's Paul, and he says, don't give me money, give it to Jerusalem. And the the super apostles say, oh, isn't that convenient? He doesn't want money. He just wants money for a city. People are going to give lots of money to that, aren't they? Oh, yeah, Paul, all right. Yeah, just lying in your own pocket, are you? I see, I see. Yeah, he's not a preacher, is he? Not a powerful, godly preacher. He's manipulating us. Maybe people were taken in by that. But for whatever reason, the church in Corinth never finished giving. They gave up on giving. And so now Paul writes to them, encouraging them to give. He's been encouraging them to reconcile with him. The relationship between Paul and this church in Corinth had broken down. And now he's sought to restore that relationship. And the question is, how will it show up? How will that restored relationship show up? Well, it'll show up if they pick up where they left off, if they start to give again, to see that Paul really is a minister of God, that God really does mean to bring comfort in weakness, comfort in affliction. He means to be generous and strengthen the church. And so the question is, will the Corinthians really partner with Paul? Will they show that they really have forgiven him, made up with him? by getting behind his ministry and the collection that he started. So the challenge then for us is, are we ready to give? Are we willing to give? Has the message that we've heard in Christianity changed us so much that now we want to be generous just as God has been generous with us? Our passage encourages us then to be ready to give. It does this by pointing us to two things. Uh, knowing the grace of God by example, that's point number one, where we'll spend quite a lot of time. And then point number two, knowing the grace of God um, in the Lord Jesus Christ. So first look, have a look at this. We see the grace of God by example. Look at verse one. The apostle writes, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. Paul says, we want you to know, pay attention. Here is something you don't know that I really want you to know, that you've been unaware of, but you should know about this. The grace of God, the giving of the churches in Macedonia. They didn't know about it. Paul wants them to know about it. I have a confession to make. A few years ago, when I was in my early 20s, there was a phase where a few of my friends got married And uh, you receive that wedding invitation, very jazzy, exciting, very posh and stuff. And alongside it is, of course, the wedding gift list, isn't it? And so you, well, you go online, www.johnlewis.com or whatever it is, and you have a look through the gifts. And you think, and I remember as a young, naive 20-something thinking, wow, there's a lot of um, expensive stuff on this gift list. So sort by price order, a tea towel, okay, that'll do. There we go. Now, in my horror, I look back at myself as a young 20-something and think, you fool. <laughs> but weddings are actually such a privilege to be invited to. Um, and in our culture, there are times when people like to be generous and that wedding presents are treasured items. And I think to myself, I didn't know how you gave. I didn't know how that worked. And so I gave really badly and... And I feel a wally. 
I wish I'd known how to give at, at weddings. And Paul says this morning, I want you to know about the grace of God at work in Macedonia. Here's the grace of God. Here is something that happened only because God was at work. Macedonia had been generous. God is at work. They are giving, freely giving, out of their own goodness in a God-inspired way. And if you didn't know anything about it, Paul says, I want to tell you about it. Look at Macedonia. Look at what they're doing. Verse 2. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty had overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Here is a church that apparently if they were in Africa, they'd be the kind of church that, that danced down the aisles, bringing gifts to God. Apparently they do that in African churches, um, apparently. But they're, they're a church here, look, that are in extreme poverty. They're at the bottom of the ladder. They are week by week wondering if they need a food bank voucher. And yet their joy is overflowing. They have riches, not of wealth, not of money. They're rich in generosity. So you want to know what generosity looks like? Well, we look at this example. And it's striking, isn't it, to see that it's a church that is so poor that as an example of how to give. Striking, isn't it, then, that you don't have to have much to serve God. Striking, isn't it, that some of the poorest churches in the world, maybe, certainly here, are the churches that teach the richest churches how to give. Wow. See, here's poor church in Macedonia. Think Peckham, Dagenham, maybe Oakfield, Ride. And they're the teachers of the rich church in Corinth, or think Surrey, or Seaview. These Macedonians, someone said, are rich, poor, that despite their impoverished position, they refuse to turn in on themselves. They will look to God. They will look to others. They will be generous. No wonder Paul calls what's going on here the grace of God. And we had to pay attention to their example. Look, verse 3. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favour of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. You see, here's Paul, and he's in Macedonia. And maybe the Corinthians were frustrated that Paul was in Macedonia, but he, he's there and he said, the fact that I'm here leads me to see something amazing, something really good, and I want to share to you about it. The Macedonians gave according to their ability. They gave according to their capability. So they knew what they needed to live on. They knew what they needed for rent and shelter and bread and food and water. And from what was left over, they gave. It was an overflow to them. It was an extra, and from it, they gave. In fact, sometimes this church gave beyond their means. That's striking, isn't it? Sometimes they thought, actually, I, I don't need what I think I need. I'll actually cut my cloth because Jerusalem needed more. Perhaps I could give it to them. In other words, guys, here is a church that is not merely giving God the leftovers. Where did this generous giving come from? Did someone send in the heavies? Was Paul laying on the guilt here? No, Paul says, they gave of their own accord. In fact, they begged. They begged to give. And people beg for things, don't you? If, if you see someone begging, they're begging for things. If we beg, we're begging for things. They were begging not for things, but to give things. Do me a favor. Let me give. 
This real giving, voluntary, came from the heart, entirely voluntary in quantity and entirely joyfully and actively given. Apparently in this culture, this is a really shocking thing that's going on here. In Greco-Roman times, if you, if you gave, and that would be a rarity, but if you gave, you gave to fellow worthy elites that passed the worthy test. It was the Jewish people who saw from the Bible that they had a responsibility to care for the poor. And so here were these Greco-Roman Macedonians who hadn't just changed to be like the Bible-believing people who gave to the poor. But more than that, they begged to, to give. They were proactive in their giving and gave proportionately to what they had and sometimes beyond it. How humbling. And perhaps you thought, you'd thought you have thought Paul knew would know this. This would not be a surprise to him. He should know to expect the unexpected whenever God's at work. But even this surprised Paul. Look at verse 5. This, their proactive giving, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. They gave of themselves first to the Lord, he says. You know, sometimes we give of our resources, don't we? But if someone wants me, as it were, they have to extract their pound of flesh. We don't give of ourselves of all that we are. We might give something associated with us. <laughs> we don't give of ourselves. Well, here Paul says, the Macedonians give because they've already given themselves to the Lord, first and foremost. They've given all they are to him, and so naturally their resources flow from that. Someone's put it like this, if the Lord has a person's heart, then he has their resources too. You see, the reason the Macedonians are so exemplary, the reason they're an example for us this morning, is because of their love for God. First and foremost, here is a church that have given themselves to God. You know, folks, here's, here's the challenge that's been laid on my heart this week as I've looked at these verses. If our desire to be generous, to be ready to give, we find is lackluster, then this passage makes us ask, could it be that actually my love of the Lord is lackluster? Well, having seen this amazing example, verse 6 Notice what Paul does. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace. And I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. He sends Titus to carry on the work that he'd started, collecting this um, gift for this humanitarian crisis. And so we see then this example. And it inspires us, doesn't it? It challenges us. It stirs us up. Something hugely attractive about these people, isn't there? They excel in giving. And the Corinthian church are told, you're, you're great in all sorts of ways, so excel here too. Be ready to give. There are lots of wonderful things going on at Grace Church. And we could read this verse and say, hey, there's loads of good stuff going. The excelling giving too, it says. Wow. And in this way, demonstrate that our love is genuine. You see, Paul holds up the Macedonians, doesn't he? He says, this is how they give. And so act like them, be inspired by the example. You see, how we give and what we give shows... What we love in the end, doesn't it? It shows what we're aligned to. 
And so Paul now says, look, leave those false super apostles behind. Align yourself behind the God who brings comfort in weakness, who strengthens the weary, and who has given you resources such that you can give them away. See it in the small amounts coming out of Macedonia, the small amounts that are actually humongous amounts. That's how you'll show that you're back in real ministry. That you know and trust the God of grace, the God of strength and weakness. What might this giving look like today? Well, I mean, I'd imagine all sorts of things. Here is giving in a humanitarian crisis, isn't it? Giving to churches in a humanitarian crisis. I would suggest that if we've been captured by a vision of the grace of God, we might have quite a wide definition of what we like to give to We'll certainly want to give to our local churches. We'll certainly want to support mission partners. And we'll certainly want to be looking wider afield, won't we? I think. If we plan to give, but we haven't known how to give or what to give, well, this passage stands before us, scary as it may be this morning, and offers us an example. Someone else who's looked at the wedding list before us and it gives us something to strive for and reach for us they gave from their overflow are you ready to give like them have we given all that we are to christ as lord are you proactively looking to serve him begging to serve him with everything that you have be ready to give be ready to give knowing the grace of god in this example point number one point number two be ready to give knowing the grace of of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look with me again, please, at verse 8. Paul says, I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. Here, look. If you thought point one of this sermon was odd, if you thought it was unrealistic, if you thought it was unnecessary, quite out of the ordinary. Well, Paul says the basis of the Macedonian giving is in the giving of Jesus. I want you to know about the Macedonians, but you already know of the giving of the Lord Jesus. You see, Christ was the richest person in the universe. The Son of God, in the majesty of heaven, all worlds, all things, all creatures, all creation, all nations, all beneath him. All with a lesser claim, all with lesser power, all with less might, all with less glory to him. And he became poor. A baby in a manger, a nobody in Galilee in the north, the, the Galilee of the Gentiles. One esteemed cursed, put to death, powerless, a death on a cross, shame and mockery. And all that he had in life, where was it? Divided at his feet by Roman oppressors and given away. But in his poverty, as he took the just wrath of God for all our sin, he bore it away. He rose victoriously to life leading all those who trust in him in his wake. He leads us to the life of the age to come where there will be no sorrow, where every need will be met, 
where there'll be riches beyond your wildest imagining. Where it'd be so wonderful that you won't want for riches. Because the thing that you want the most, to know the God who made you and loves you and created you, you'll, you'll be found there with him. You'll never want to be parted ever again. You see, Paul says, the Macedonians give and we can give knowing that Christ gave. Know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He became poor. And in his work, we have become rich. The early church father, John Chrysostom, said it like this. He said, if you don't think poverty or giving is productive of great wealth, well, think of the case of Jesus and you'll be persuaded otherwise. For if he had not become poor, you would not have become rich. Know the grace, the unmerited giving of our Lord Jesus Christ. And be willing to give. Prepare to give. Show your love for Christ. And again, look, just notice how careful Paul is with this command and how he lays it out, how he qualifies this command. He takes such care in it. Look at verse 10, how he clarifies. Verse 10, and in this matter, I give my judgment. Look, he says, I'm going to share an opinion with, it, with you. I'm not going to be a dictator to you. This, is some, this giving matter has got to be voluntary. In this matter, I give my judgment, my, my opinion, as it were. This benefits you, who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. Paul says, look, you wanted to do this. And how frustrating it is when your desires aren't met with fulfillment. That is really annoying, isn't it? And Paul says, you wanted to do this. So go ahead and fulfill it. And if you're ready to give, then, then do give. You see, it's a frustration. It's a burden to not be able to give when you want to. Now, it's possible sometimes that we're reluctant to give, and it's like where that sponsor a child form comes around, sponsor the child on the fun run, and you see the list, and you see what everyone else has given, and you thought, oh, my goodness, I can't do that. And so you think, oh, I'll just slip the piece of paper on before anyone notices I even had it in the first place. And Paul says, look, Christ has given for you. Don't worry about how much you can give, but be ready. Don't hesitate. Be willing to give. Just go for it. Fulfill that desire that's within you. And look, how, look how the passage just gently comforts us on this, right? Verse 11. So now finish doing it well so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not in according to what he does not have. Again, look, he says, in other words... Don't wait till you have some arbitrary figure. Don't worry till you have the same amount as what someone else has given. Know the Lord Jesus Christ as the one who has given to you and feel free to, to give. God's not concerned so much about the amount of giving, but of our heart. The process of giving is not supposed to be a burden. Look at the last few verses and you'll see that. Look with me at verse 13 and onwards. Paul says, I do not mean that others should be eased and you should be burdened. But that as a matter of fairness, your abundance at the present time should supply their need. So that their abundance may supply your need. And that there may be fairness. As it is written, whoever gathered much had nothing left over. And whoever gathered little had no lack. 
Paul says, look, this is how I want it to be. I don't, you're, you're not to be burdened, but you do have an oversupply. You've got the funds that you need for daily living, and you have a little bit more. Well, give out of that. Give, give out of what you've got there. So that maybe in time, should famine come not upon Jerusalem, but upon Corinth, that God would so have it that Jerusalem would have excess oversupply, that they might meet your need. Or you might say, that's, that's, a, that's a lovely idea, isn't it? That we give, you know, cross-border, um, church to church, people to people to support that. That is not practical. Totally unrealistic. Can't believe Paul would come up with such an idea. Well, Paul says, no, no, no. See where this verse, see where this practice is grounded as it is written, right? Verse 15. Paul takes us to the Exodus, to the wilderness. God supplied the needs of the people there by giving quail and manna, and the people had to trust God. They could collect enough for themselves, enough to share with others. And that was it. And at the end of the day, people who weren't able to collect enough food were supplied by those who'd been able to collect more to give it away. Paul says, this is what God does. This is how God's ordained things to be. That if you have been given more, you have more, you have oversupply to meet a need. It's the same principle. It's the way the Lord has ordained it. You see, we are stewards of our wealth, aren't we? Not lords of it. And so giving isn't supposed to be a crushing burden to hit us when we have nothing, but to free us when we have more to be able to give and be generous as Christ has been generous to us. Know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, he became poor that you might be rich in him. God is a God of grace. He's a giving God. Jesus Christ is a generous saviour. The Holy Spirit is generous to indwell the believer and knowing that should make us want to give proactively, voluntarily, proportionately to what is available to us. And so maybe, well, I don't know where this leaves us, but maybe for some of us we'll realise maybe I can actually live on less than I think I can live on. And I've realised that's probably true for me. I've been convicted as I've thought on these verses that actually have I thought about what I've been given and thought there's things I need and there's an excess probably haven't thought of my resources like that. I've thought about money that's available to me and my desires and not how I can meet others' needs. So maybe that's where you're at this morning. But not all of us are like that. I'm so encouraged that churches across the land make it a habit of giving, giving money away. Um, I know of churches that are supporting other churches in the UK and the north of England to meet their needs. I know of churches that have set up hardship funds in the pandemic to meet the needs of people in the church who've just fallen on on really difficult times. I I know of people, even in Grace Church, who will look out and know there's a need and will go and intervene to help others. And of course, giving isn't just financial, is it? We give in all sorts of ways, but there's always a cost normally, isn't it? Giving isn't always financial, but it's rarely less than that. In a world where many things cost... How can we give as we see this example and we're reminded of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ? Are we then ready to give? That's the question for Corinth this morning. Are they ready? Are we ready to give for Christ and his church? Are we ready to give as Christ gave to us? Have we given all we are first to him? You see, how we give will show 
something of ourselves. It'll show where we're at with the Lord, whether we've understood how he works in the world and how he's worked for us. You see, God means to work in surprising ways, in giving rather than hoarding, in weakness rather than in strength, in a cross rather than in glory. And so are we ready to give? And what might it look like? Perhaps you recognize you've planned to give in all sorts of ways in the past, but you never have, distracted by other things. Well, here's an encouragement for us, isn't it? It's never too late for our hearts to change. It's never too late to get on board with what the Lord is doing and to know the grace of God in this example and to know the grace of our Savior. And so finish what we've started to desire. Shall we pray? Loving Father, we know this subject of of giving is a really sensitive area. Uh, We know it's it's an area in which we can so often misunderstand and mishear each other. And so, Father, I just pray this morning that if if people are feeling weighed down by guilt or are confused or hurt or whatever, they wouldn't wander away. They come and ask questions and chew it over. Um, I pray also that we would see all of the language here about voluntarily giving, that it coming out of our hearts, out of joy. And so, Father, I ask most of all that the work would be there. Thank you for this Macedonian church that didn't actually give much, but they were rich in generosity. And so, above all, we ask that that would be us, that we would be rich in generosity and ready to give. Why? Because we partnered with the God of grace who brings comfort and strength in weakness. So we ask this for Jesus' sake and for his glory alone. Amen.